Well, hey, good morning, church. Uh, let me be the first one to greet you a happy early Thanksgiving. Um, I got my autumn colors on, so this Pastor Pat, we coordinate all for you. It's because we love you guys. So uh, thank you for tuning in for church uh, this morning. Would you open your Bibles to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 18 to 19, as we continue our study on 1 Peter called Stand Firm, or to stand firm in the grace that is in Christ Jesus in the midst of our culture, in the midst of everything, especially in uh, suffering and trials, we're to stand firm in the grace of God. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about ransomed from futility. Ransomed from futility. And we're going to go through the second reason why we are to live in reverent fear of God, uh, which is because God ransomed, that God redeemed, or God set us free from futility or futile ways. Remember uh, verses 17 through 21, 1 Peter 1, 17 to 21. These four verses, there are four verses in English, but there's actually only one sentence in uh, Greek in the New Testament in which was it's written in. And the main command is to live in fear, live with reverence, conduct, behave yourself with this idea of reverence and fear. One of the most common phobias or rational fears that people have is uh, thanatophobia. Thanatophobia, which is the fear of death. Are you uh, Marvel fans coming out there? Thanos, it's closely related to the Greek word for death, which is thanatos, okay? So thanatophobia means it's uh, this irrational fear of death. You know, some people are crippled and have this debilitating and irrational fear of death, but not as Christians. I think uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, succinctly and insightfully said this, Never fear dying, beloved. Dying is the last, but the least that a Christian has to be anxious about. Fear living, that is a hard battle to fight, a stern discipline to endure, a rough voyage to undergo. Isn't that so good? As Christ followers, we, have, we don't have to fear about death because Jesus died our death on the cross, that we, are not, uh, we don't have to pay for the penalty of our sins that we don't have to be separated from God because God in Christ Jesus was separated from the Father. So uh, what we do have to fear is um, how we live our lives here on earth. Remember that uh, peppered all throughout the Old Testament to the New Testament, the importance of fear, that fear is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 1 says. Philippians 2 says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, that we're to not be so casual about living for Jesus, that we're not to just to just, you know, mess around, but we're to work out with fear and trembling. And so uh, this morning, let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. I'll be reading from the ESV version. And if you call on him as father, we talked about that last week, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed. 
underline, circle that in your Bibles. From the feudal ways, underline, circle that in your Bibles. Inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot, without blemish or spot. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, um, that your word says that the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We thank you, O God, that what we believe in has a lasting and eternal and a permanent effect. That what we hear right now, it's not only good for this life, but it's good for the life to come. Not only gives us wisdom, but more importantly, it points us towards you, Jesus. So Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, that we would see wonderful things from your law. I pray that um, as we have heard your word, um, as it's being uh, explained, that uh, it's being taught, that you would give us ears to hear, uh, a heart to receive and to welcome, and would you give us hands and feet to live out your truth and obedience with your strength so that we could become more like you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, we come now to the third a command or imperative of the Christian life in 1 Peter chapter 1, right? Remember that the first 12 verses, this is all one sentence in the Greek, but the first 12 verses, there's no commands, there's no imperatives, there's no um, ethical instructions there. Uh, the first 12 verses, remember it says, blessed be God, where we get the word, the Greek word there is eulogetos, where we get the word eulogy, meaning that we are to praise or to speak well or to worship or to bless God. It's a celebration of what God has done for us, verses 1 through 12. And then in verse 13, uh, we have our first command, which is what? Set your hope fully on God, live in hope. Uh, verse 15, live in holiness, right? Uh, be holy for God is holy. And number three, we talked about it last week, which is to live in fear, right? So if we could summarize it, it's live in hope, live in holiness, and live in fear. And last week, we talked about that um, because we're, we call on God, uh, then we are to live in reverent fear. If we call on God as Father, as Judge, uh, it confirms that if we live in the fear of God, it confirms that we are God's children, but this morning, I want to talk to you about the second reason why we're to live in fear or why Peter says we're to live in fear. And here's the main point I want us to, uh, to work out with, all right? Uh, would you write this down? Live with reverent fear of God because not only are we accountable, but we are to be grateful. Let me say that again. Live with reverent fear of God because not only are we accountable, but we are to be grateful. Remember last week, if we're to call God our Father, it confirms that we are His children. If we're to call God as, as Father, not only is He Father, but He is the judge that we are accountable on how we live our lives here as Christ followers what we do with our time, our talent, our treasures, the good works that brings honor, glory unto Jesus. 
It matters. And we are to be accountable to God. And we have to, what? Live in fear. Have a reverence that I'm accountable to God on how I spend my life here on earth. This breath, James says that, or James says that it's a mist, this vapor that we live here on earth, this scratch, as it were, here on earth, that we have to be accountable to God. But not only do we have to be accountable, but we have to be grateful. Grateful for what? The cost of redemption. Uh, Peter says that we were ransomed from futility. Now, I myself, I'm a visual learner, and um, I hope this will help you in the understanding Peter's thought flow and Peter's argument of what he's trying to say. Uh, this is a, a diagram. You see it here on top. It says, this is the main verb. I highlighted that for you. What is the main verb? To live or to conduct or to behave yourself uh, with fear during our time here on earth. And because, why are we to live in fear? There's two reasons. The first reason is that, the first reason is if we call on God as what? As Father, who is judge, who judges impartially according to each one's work. If we call God the Father, He's also the judge. But the second reason why we're to live or conduct in fear here on earth, if you look down, number two is that because He has set us free, that He has ransomed, that He has liberated or He has delivered us, and um, we have that knowledge to know that you've been set free. So this reverential awe before God is not based on just the recognition that we are accountable to Him, but there's a deep gratitude. There's a deep wonder of what God has done, namely that God has set us free, that God has ransomed, that God gave His only begotten Son that if we believe in Him, we will have eternal life here. Uh, we will have eternal life with Him on, on, in heaven. But when we believe in Him, listen, church, there is this reverence and awe for who He is. Uh, Peter reminds them of the gospel that he already taught them that we're to not only fear because we have to be accountable, but we fear because we want to be grateful. So there's a connection between fear of God and forgiveness, that He has redeemed us, that He has uh, ransomed, He has canceled our debt. There's an interesting verse in uh, Psalm, verse 33, or 30 rather. It says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But with you there is what? Forgiveness. What is the purpose that God forgives? Or what is the result? That you may be feared. You see that? Even in the Old Testament, because God, Peter says, fear, because God has ransomed you, right? The psalmist says, because God's forgiven, we should fear Him. Do you wonder what's the connection between fear and forgiveness? You know, I thought about that all week, and I asked, I asked, I've been praying and meditating, and it's like, Lord, what, do you, what does this mean? Because 
uh, with you there's for forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Um, I, I thought about that and because God has forgiven me, He has canceled a debt, He paid a debt that I owed, then I should fear Him. And I think the best way I can put it is, um, have you ever had someone borrow money from you? Maybe they approach you, they ask for help because they're in a state of emergency. Maybe they needed to pay off uh, their rent for that day or their car insurance. They need gas money. And they asked if they could borrow a couple thousand dollars. And you, you lend them uh, a couple thousand dollars out of your own personal savings. You want to know what's the last thing you ever want to see from that person? The last thing you'd want to see from the person you just loaned money to and you just gave uh, loan money to is that you see them on Instagram eating at Roy's in Hawaii Kai, living their hashtag best life now. Or you see them on Instagram or they put on Facebook or in TikTok. Oh, look at us. We're at the Kahala Hotel having a little staycation. Hashtag blessed we live in Hawaii. I mean, if it was me, if I loaned someone that money, man, I better not see them post uh, on Instagram or I, might, I better not even see them walk around with a Starbucks Frappuccino. It's like, man, I let you that and you, you're just going to waste it away like that? I think the same way because God has forgiven us because God has ransomed us, because God through His precious blood, through His Son and Jesus giving His own life, the precious blood there is a metonymy, meaning it's a literary object, literary device where one thing stands for another. In other words, the blood, Jesus, refers to His death. So um, the death of Jesus is not something that, well, God, you've forgiven me, so I'm gonna live whatever I want. Well, God, you rescued me. You ransomed me from futility. So now I'm just going to go back to the way that I was. I'm just going to go back to my old ways. I'm just going to go back to my sin. I'm just going to revert back to this angry person like I didn't know any better. I'm just going to go back to ignorance. I'm going to go back to disobedience. You've forgiven me anyways. I think this is the sense. Because God has forgiven us. Psalm 30, Psalm 30 right? The, with you there's forgiveness, therefore you are feared, right? Live, have reverence in all your conduct, with, in your behavior, have fear for God, because why? Because He has ransomed you. And I have two main points uh, for us this morning. The first is this, that you were ransomed from futility. Go ahead and write that down, ransomed. God has ransomed or God has redeemed us from what? Futility. Verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as gold or silver. The word ransom there in Greek, uh, lutrao, means to release or to set free with the implied analogy of to the process of freeing a slave. That you set, there's a person who is a slave and you set them free. 
It means to liberate or to deliver or liberation or deliverance. Um, in Luke chapter 24, verse 21, um, people talking about Jesus, we had hoped that he would be the one who is going to liberate or, or set free Israel from the oppression or the bondage of the Roman rule. Um, Luke chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse, 7, 1 verse 7, by his death we are set free. So God uh, has set us free. He has liberated us from what? From feudal ways. Um, this word feudal, it means to, it pertains to being useless on the basis of being feudal or lacking in content. It's empty, it's useless, it's futile, it's, or futility. It's used in James chapter 1, verse 26. If a person cannot control his tongue, then his faith is useless. It's no good, right? It's junk. It doesn't count for anything. If a person believes the Bible or believes in Jesus, but they can't control their own tongue with lying and deception and gossip, then their faith is worthless. It's also used in Ephesians 4.17. It says, do not live any longer like the heathen whose thoughts are useless. So uselessness or futility, it's connected to the way, a way of thinking. Now, when Peter talks that they have been redeemed from feudal ways, it could refer to two things. It could refer to, number one, uh, Judaism. According, you've been ransomed from feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. So it could refer to Judaism or it could refer to their life before Christ, their pagan ways of how they were before. And I think it could uh, apply to both uh, the concept of being ransomed is a major theme in the Old Testament where there is a redemption, there's this buying back of a property that had been sold because of poverty or because a person had to sell himself or herself uh, to slavery. Um, if you look at Exodus, the people of God, God ransomed, God rescued, God delivered Israel from slavery. Okay? And... This Old Testament background was understood by the readers. And the readers would realize that from the gospel proclamation that they just heard, that they had been living in bondage, a slavery that in, they inherited from their ancestors, or from even Judaism. I believe uh, Peter is referring to both here. And so before they received the gospel, uh, these believers had a culture with its values and religion. It, it could be a high culture. This is actually one of the first times uh, in the New Testament where, along with Paul and Philippians, where the, this venerated ancestry of forefathers, it's actually looked down upon because uh, Peter says it's futile, it's worthless, ways that you've learned from your forefathers. So here's a question for us. What are some worthless ways God has saved you from? 
What are some ways, maybe it's a thought like, um, a thought pattern, maybe it's a behavioral um, outcome, but what are some futile ways that God rescued you and uh, redeemed you from? And I want you to think about it. I put some in here just to give you an idea and hope that the Holy Spirit would reveal and speak to you right now. But uh, some futile ways inherited from our forefathers or, you know, from parents or grandparents is um, maybe money will make you happy. Money will make you happy. Uh, do you remember as a kid growing up and you thought, man, if I just get my driver's license, I'll be so happy. It doesn't matter how sleepy I am. If I just drive, I'll be so energized and Oh man, having the freedom to drive around and not asking my parents to drop me off at the mall and around the corner because I don't want to be seen with my friends, right? That um, you thought getting a driver's license would make you happy and just like, eh. Or maybe getting a job. Or if I have my own job, then man, I'll have uh, financial independence. I'll have freedom. Uh, more bills, right? More problems. I think it's the great theologian, um, Notorious B.I.G., with Puff Daddy or Pidity, who said, more money, more problems. Um, maybe it's, it's, you know, once I get my degree or once I buy my home, once I, I'm a homeowner, then I'll be happy. Then it comes with its own sets of problems. You might have happiness for a little bit, but there's no joy. Only a relationship with Jesus will give you joy and contentment and purpose and satisfaction. As St. Augustine says, Our hearts are weary, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. It is only in Christ and a relationship with Jesus that we experience joy and happiness and contentment and fulfillment, not money. Maybe another one is, you know, your identity is your ethnicity, right? That, hey, no matter what, you're Filipino, right? You're Hawaiian, uh, you're Puerto Rican, you know, you're, you're black, you're Irish, whatever it is, you're German, and no matter what happens, this is, this is who you are. But your identity is not in who you are. Your identity is not what you have. Your identity is not what other people say. Your identity is found in being the beloved son and daughter of God. Remember that you are a Christ follower first. You're a Christian first. You're a disciple first. You're a follower of Jesus first. Then your, your ethnicity and your, your ethnicity and whatever else follows after that. Uh, third is uh, you're not worthy of love. You know, um, that you got to earn, that you got to uh, earn your way for people to get respect. And you got to uh, do stuff so that you could be loved. Um, you are fully loved as a beloved son of God in Christ Jesus. All you have to do is believe, even if you don't believe this morning and you're listening to me. God has been so good. There's this theology called common grace where God gives gifts to every person. 
and maybe uh, through God's kindness and through God's provision, God has spared you from heartaches. God has spared you from accidents. God has spared you from ill health. And He's brought you to this point so that you would realize His goodness. And Romans chapter 3 says, it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Listen, you have been, I want you to be very clear, you have been set free from your futile ways. You have been ransomed from uselessness, useless lies from the enemy. You have been set free and you have been redeemed from emptiness of a life outside of Christ. Okay? And before we bring this into close, I just want to say this, that it is very important for you to know that you've been set free and that you've been set free and listen so that you could live free. Would you write down number two? You are ransomed for transformation. You are ransomed for transformation. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. See, the aim and the purpose and the design of God setting you free and liberating you and giving you freedom and ransoming and paying the price of the debt that you could not pay on your own in this verse is not, is not forgiveness. It's transformation. The aim in this verse is victory over the power of your sin. The aim of this verse is victory over your futile ways of how you used to think and how you used to live and how you used to prioritize and live your life around. It's not from the forgiveness of sin. It's not from the forgiveness from the guilt of sin, even though it's true. But God has set you free so that you can live free. The reason Jesus shed his infinitely precious blood he surrendered. He gave himself as a sacrifice, as a lamb without blemish or spot, is so that he could change our conduct. He could change how we live our lives here on earth. It's so that we can live in reverence and fear because we call God as Father and we are accountable to him, but also that we have been set free and that we are to be grateful so when Peter says, conduct yourselves in fear, knowing that you were ransomed from bad conduct by the blood of Jesus, he means fear conducting yourself in a way that shows that the blood of Jesus is not precious to you. Conduct yourselves with fear, knowing that you have a father, knowing that you are ransomed with the precious blood of Jesus. So how does this fear um, relate to such uh, precious assurances as you have a father who loves you and you have, you have a savior who saved you who shed his blood for you how can we what does that look like what does it mean to fear um, uh, John Piper says that we are to treat the blood of Jesus and the fatherhood of God with fear. In other words, be careful 
that we treat the blood and the Father of God as trash. He's using it conversely. And he has an illustration, and we'll go ahead and close with this. You know, suppose a father has a daughter, and um, the daughter's kidnapped, just like the movie Taken with Liam Neeson, right? And um, there's a ransom that's required of a million dollars, and the father loves his daughter. He doesn't have the million dollars, but he sells his home, he sells his car, he sells his possessions, he empties out the garage, he uh, pulls out a loan, he gives everything back, he borrows so that he could have a ransom to pay for his daughter. And they come up with a million dollars, they go to the appointed place, appointed time, they leave the million dollars out in a briefcase. They walk to the other side of the field. The daughter walks out. And the arrangement is that she picks it up. But as she picks it up, she walks back to her captors. And instead of running to her father's arms with gratitude, she thumbs her nose and says, Sucker and walks away with her boyfriend with a million dollars. Fear in doing that. Fear that you would not honor God as your father. Fear that you would treat the precious blood of Jesus as trash. Fear that, hey, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, well you know, I'm just going to go back and do me and do what I do and go back to your sin. And this is what I believe uh, Peter's saying here. And as we wrap this up, um, next week, Thursday's Thanksgiving, may I encourage you, church, blood-bought, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, be grateful be grateful that God has ransomed you this week before Thanksgiving. Could you just fill out those three things? Name it, write it down, clarify what God has rescued you from. It could be a situation, it could be a, a thought life, it could be a priority, it could be a wrong way of thinking, but name those things. Be grateful that God has ransomed you. Be grateful that you get to call God the creator of the universe. You get to call him dad. You get to call him father. And, and have this reverential fear for him. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And I pray right now, Lord God, just for a Holy Spirit conviction and persuasion. Lord, that we would come to terms, Lord, of fearing you not only because we call you Father, but Lord, because you've ransomed us and you've set us free and you've delivered us from futile ways. You've delivered us from bondage to sin, bondage to this world, bondage, Lord God, to the ways of this world. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, and we pray that we would, uh, because you have set us free, that we would live free as a people of God, because not our own strength, but because you, Jesus, are the resurrection and the life. May we live in resurrection power. May we have a heart of gratitude in everything that we do. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and engaging in our online church. We love you. If you're able, we'd love to see you 5 p.m. for our in-person church service. Have an amazing week.